Welcome to the Business of Being Healthy, where we are passionate about treating our health as good as we treat our wealth. Shelly Bryan here, and I am obsessed with sharing real-life experiences and wisdom to help save you time, heartache, and money as you continue to grow personally and professionally. Twice a week, we push aside that BS to take massive intentional action, and I promise by tuning in, you will receive the straightforward talk you've been waiting for filled with actionable steps that will inspire you to achieve the health and wealth you desire while you are building your empire. Welcome back to another episode of the Business of Being Healthy. This is your host, Shelly Bryan, and today's episode is one that is very near and dear to my heart, um, especially with my guest, but the message and what she does is truly changing lives. And today I have, and I'm so honored to welcome Veronica Cisneros, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist, marriage coach, course creator, retreat host, mother of three, married 23 years. She's also the host of the Empowered and Unapologetic podcast, as well as a owner of a group practice called Outside the Norm Counseling. Now, Veronica, my friend, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Shelly. I'm so excited to be here. Finally. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, I was had so much fun being on your podcast and mm -hmm. now you get to join me and I, I can tell, you know, that this conversation is going to be great. So definitely stay to the end, but Veronica, what you do, it's, it's interesting because it's like, it affects kind of everybody, you yeah, know, and definitely. You have such a way with couples and words and the way that you explain stuff. And, and I know that this conversation today is really going to help people maybe think differently, open up some eyes um, and some hearts. But tell us a little bit about just why, because, you know, as therapists, you could choose so many different areas. Why marriage and family? The biggest reason I think I was so drawn to marriage and family is, you know, the first part would definitely be kind of watching the, the dynamics between my mother and father. And it was very unhealthy and it was very confusing. You know, there was so many times, you know, I knew without a shadow of a doubt, my dad loved my mom. And I knew that because, I mean, duh, he still comes home every night, even though he might have cheated on her or even though he might've withheld money or love, like, of course, that's what a healthy relationship looks like. And it's a really good relationship. And my dad's mad at my mom because some guy was looking at her, but like, wow, my dad loves my mom so much. And when I, when I ended up getting married, I got married really young. I was 20. My husband was 21, but it was like, he wasn't doing all those things. And it's like, what the hell is this? Like, wait a minute. Like, do you really love me? Cause you're not getting upset and you know, you're coming home. Not that I wanted obviously that my husband for my husband to cheat on me, but it was just like, I didn't really understand like what this was and how to be in a marriage. And I remember like starting arguments and waiting to see like how he would react. It was just completely foreign territory for me. Mm. And it ended up being, we were married for, I think a little under four years. And that's when 
it was almost the demise of our relationship. We were one month away from divorce. And through that separation and through us, you know, going through separation of assets and all of the things, I realized, wait a minute, there are definitely issues I'm bringing into the relationship. Obviously, there were definitely issues he was bringing in, um, but I didn't understand it. I didn't, it didn't get, I, I didn't get it. It didn't make sense to me. And, you know, now 23 years later, doing my own work, him doing his own work and just really enjoying like being in the relationship and really being my best friend. And it's one thing that I often get complimented on is like, how are you and him? Like, you guys still flirt. You guys are still like kids. And it was something that I wanted to make sure I taught to other couples. And it was something that like, to be honest, I would draw in so many women. So many women would come into my office and I'd meet with them and, you know, they'd be in therapy with me. And then they would ask, well, can like my husband come in just for like one session? And it's like, well, okay. You know, if you want to go ahead and process through what you're going through and you know, um, but not, we're not going to call everybody that's in your life to therapy. Right. Like (laughs) it was just, it was just this like shift and it was fun and it was great. Like not only challenging, you know, the woman, but also challenging the men to help them step outside of their comfort zone. And it was like, wait a minute, I really like this. And Mm. so, and I really liked it because I remember being in a place where there was so much contempt you know, I was keeping score. I felt like I was doing way more than he was. I felt like I cared more and I was working harder in the relationship than he was. There were so many things that I could relate with, with couples. And I knew exactly where to take them. I knew exactly what skills they needed to learn. I knew exactly how to challenge them. And it just, I don't want to say it became easy. Like I could do it with my eyes closed. I could kind of can, but like, it was just one of those things that was like, I can help them. And why not? And Mm. it's something that I wish my parents would have received, you know, and they would have even been open to receiving. And now, like when couples come in, I had just had a new couple this today, actually. Um, When couples come in, it's like seeing them feel that hope, you know, and like, oh my gosh, change is actually going to happen, you know, and like, feeling that it's like, and these people asked me to be a part of their journey. Like how fulfilling is that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. But I love that. It's like you bring in like your personal side. I mean, Mm -hmm. you started off the conversation, right? Like talking about how you saw what a marriage was and how that set expectations for you that Willie didn't live up to essentially, (laughs) right? Like what the hell was he thinking? You know, and how many of us, I know I'm over here raising my hand, how many of us like saw marriage at like our parents' marriage, yeah. which my my parents are divorced as well. We saw our parents' marriage and we were like, oh, that's how it's supposed to be. Oh, you're yeah. supposed to argue like that. Oh, you're supposed to walk out. Like, oh, like that's normal. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy how much you like just naturally follow that, yep. you know, but you like have just such a way of, of sharing kind of the, the real world and, and how you are able to connect. And I know that like, when you went to school, was marriage and therapy, like always your goal, right? Right from the beginning? No. So as a marriage and family therapist, that's what I'm licensed in, right? Um, we're introduced to several different specialties. You know, if somebody wants to specialize in anxiety, teens, like just different demographics. 
Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, I like totally am drawn to women, like, you know, building up confidence, helping them set boundaries. And the couples just sort of happened. And I ended up specializing and working with couples and doing the training outside of school. You know, mm-hmm. so school only provides you with so much training. It's actually when you're, you know, doing your internship or doing your own private training that that's where the specialty really come, you know, kicks in. Yeah. But yeah, it was just, again, something that I don't, I didn't sign up for. I don't want to say like I signed up for, I was like, yeah, sure. I'll do couples for me. It was like, oh, this feels good. I want to just work with women. But what I've learned is men are not going to come to therapy. It's just not going to happen. I mean, they will once their wives say, okay, homie, we're getting a divorce or it's divorce or therapy, pick one. That's when usually men will got kind of like buckle up and say, okay, let's go. Mm -hmm. Um, But for the most part, you know, it's women that are the ones that initiate that conversation or initiate that process. Um, And it's interesting because my caseload ended up building up really quickly with firemen and their wives. And it was the firemen that um, were coming into my office. And it was just, it all stemmed from, you know, one of my clients who was one of the leaders of a station. And all of a sudden they just started trickling in especially during COVID. Yeah. There was a lot of, a lot of firemen and their wives coming in. Um, and I could relate with them. My husband was, you know, um, he's a retired Marine. And so, you know, there's there, we, it runs parallel with, with some of the things, not all, but just like with, you know, my husband with deployments, them with, you know, when they're gone and what that feeling is like in the home. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's where, like, why what you do is so important, especially with like high achieving women or high achieving couples, right? Whether one is out there going and, you know, tackling the world and one is at home that can cause friction. And so it's like, you have this like business marriage, and then you Mm -hmm. also have your marriage, right? And being able to manage both can be, I mean, I'm sure create such challenges. And it's like with the firemen, I'm thinking about like they're, they have what, 12 hour shifts, I believe. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So they have 12 hour shifts. Well, you think about like doctors can work for tens, right. Or someone that's managing companies abroad in different countries, like they're gone for weeks or months Mm -hmm. at a time managing a company and coming back. Um, that can cause a lot of friction. What are some of the things that you see with business owners specifically, um, and, and marriages? Great question. So one big thing that I've seen in my marriage was, you know, I realized it when I said, I think I shared this with you offline. Like I would totally cheat on Willie with my laptop, like easily, mm-hmm. easily. I would totally cheat on Willie with my laptop and it's not pouring on the other side, right. Or a man, <laughs> it'd be like an email or a training or, you know, um, a lesson or a book or whatever it is, like uh, more work, like that excites me. And I remember Willie saying to me, like, I don't want to be in competition with your work. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to compete. Like, I mm-hmm. I don't want to feel like I have to complete, compete. And it, there was a part of me that's like, oh my gosh, here we go again. Like, are you serious? Like, it's not that big of a deal. You're fine. And, um, I noticed in speaking with other women, they were struggling with the same thing. And men, you know, they were struggling with the same thing. Like my partner doesn't understand I have deadlines, especially as an entrepreneur, you know, as an entrepreneur, I mean, 
I don't want to say we can't turn it off because with boundaries, we can. However, it's very, very difficult to turn it off. It is extremely difficult to turn it off because you're managing, you're, you're the owner of a business. And, you know, when it gets right down to it, this is your name. This mm-hmm. is, this is your baby. This is your name. And so, yeah, we'll go ahead and compromise our marriage, our family to go ahead and meet the demands of the business. And that's where it gets, you know, it gets really scary And although there's red flags all over the place, it's really easy for the entrepreneur to go ahead and take a blind eye to them just because there's one, so much work to do. So why can't our our family be more patient or give us grace? Because at the end of the day, we're doing this for them, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. But I mean, I think you bring up such like a good point is that it's like that boundary, like we can say it all day long. I know I struggle with it sometimes. Like the kids are are mm-hmm. finally home after school and I'm in the office and I'm like, I, I want to go out with them. I want to go, but I'm like, oh, yeah. but Slack, I need to return Just these messages mm-hmm. or I need to mm-hmm. go do this. And I'm like, and I, and I, and I want to pull away and it's, it's a struggle, right? Yeah. Some days. And I understand that being married to, I think phones or, or laptops can be really hard to break, right? Cheating on, I guess you said, um, what, what are like some of the biggest tips that you have helped like kind of coach and like set up those boundaries to be able to like kind of create that division so that you do, it's not like separate lives, but like you respect the respect each one enough to set the boundary for each one. Cause it's not Absolutely. healthy to get like an employee calling you or texting you at nine o'clock at night. Like that's not healthy for anything either. Yeah. So the first step I would say is, um, I want you to identify the lies you tell yourself and you make yourself believe, you know, mm-hmm. what are the lies you tell yourself? You know, my kid's going to be fine. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to send one more email. My kid really doesn't care you know, and they're playing anyway, you know, with their sibling, or my husband doesn't really mind that we're on vacation. I have to record content or I have to check my email. I'm taking my laptop with me. I mean, we're just driving on the road anyway. You know, we have eight hours or five hours, you know, of just being on the road. I can knock out some work and then I'll go ahead and be intentional with my family. So what are the lies you tell yourself? And I really want you guys to think about that right now. Like, what are the lies you tell yourself? And if some of the examples I gave you totally resonate with you, I want you to next identify like what ultimately, what emotion ultimately comes up for you? You know, is it shame? Is it guilt? Is it disappointment? Is it um, frustration? Whatever those emotions are, I want you to be honest with them. You know, we could easily lie and say it's going to be fine. But the reality is, it's not. And it's part of the reason why we lie to ourselves. You know, the third step I would look at is how, what is this distracting me from? Ultimately, what is this distracting me from? You know, I know in my case, it was distracting me from the now. It was completely distracting me from the now. Mm -hmm. Um, Sure. I can hang out with my kids, but my daughter's going to probably talk about this boy that I don't like. And I just wish she would end it already but she's not. And here we go. She's back with them. Good God. Why is she back with him? And I really don't want to hear all of the reasons why he apologized. And now he's like this great guy and we should all love him. Like, I don't want to hear that, you know, or I don't want to hear that my husband once again is, 
you know, complaining because, and I'm just trying to come up with my own examples that are real, yeah. you know, my husband complaining about how long I worked the other day or, you know, the conversations we have, he doesn't want to hear about work. And it's like, damn, well, I don't feel like I have support from him, you know? And so what do I do? Or what does anybody else do? We recluse and we stay connected with what's easy. What's quick. What's that easy fix? What's that instant gratification? Well, mm -hmm. that's work because every single time I complete a task, that's a check mark, you know, every single time it's like, it feels good. But the reality is, our, we can literally drown ourselves in so many tasks, so many tasks. And why essentially are we doing that? Which would lead us to the next step. Why? Why does this matter more than being in the present moment on purpose? Mm -hmm. Like, why is that? And it might be for some of the reasons that I gave you, because for me, you know, let's say my daughter's relationship with this guy that I could care less about. Um, but for me, it was like, this is a reminder that maybe I'm a bad mom. Maybe I have no influence over her. Maybe this kid has more influence over her than I do. But it exposes all of these insecurities that they already exist, but mm -hmm. we're not willing to look at or work on. This is mm -hmm. why, honestly, we're distracted. This is why we're so quick to go ahead and spend that long drive, you know, checking emails instead of really connecting with our partners, you know, finding out who they are, what excites them, listening to their work. And although we might want this sense of support, how are we also a part of reciprocating that support? And usually, especially if you're an entrepreneur or you're, you know, you're a successful business person, like there's so much going on and it feels like it's never done. And ultimately the reason why we don't share this with our partner is because we don't feel like they would understand. Mm. And so we end up once again, going back to avoiding the feeling and checking off the box. Well, and the check box gives us the the dopamine hit that we Absolutely. that we that we want, and so it's like it's easy. I mean, you could almost like, uh, I mean, you could probably catch these these things happening in in other tasks in your business, right? If you, they always say like, do the hardest thing first, and then the easy things. But most people do the easy things first because it feels so good to check those yeah. boxes. So it's like if you're already doing that naturally could you be doing that also with your marriage? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. But here's the reason why most people don't. They don't know how. Mm. They don't know how. They lack skills. They realize that there's this space, this disconnect, and they don't have the answer. They don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to build up that bond. They don't know how to sit in the emotion. They don't know how to process through maybe something their partner said without personalizing that message. And they ultimately don't know how to deal with whatever insecurities are exposed. And so instead, again, we'll go back to work instead of, you know, addressing some of the red flags that we see in our marriage. And I can't tell you how many times, Shelly, people will come into my office and it's like, my wife or my husband is one foot in, one foot out to help us. And it's like, okay, you know, let's go ahead and get to work. But this, at this point, 
it requires a lot of work because there's so much damage. There's so much damage. There's so many Hurt things that they brush. And- yes. There's so many things that they brush under the rug. There's so many things that, you know, maybe they didn't support their partner. And there's so much resentment. That's the biggest, biggest and greatest issue is the amount of resentment. You know, they feel as if their partner has been checked out for so long. Why should I even trust that you're going to help? Why should I even trust that you're essentially going to change? I don't. And so, you know, a lot of times the individual has become less and less vulnerable, less and less authentic, less and less open to really communicating and really enhancing that relationship. And to be honest, I can't tell you how many couples will tell me I stopped caring about their work day because they talked about it all day. And it was something I started to resent, you know? Mm. And so again, drawing more and more disconnection. One of my friends, you know, um, had mentioned to me, how many people do you know that are like Elon Musk or, um, Who's that Amazon guy? Why can't I think of his name? Um, oh, um, right? Like, why can't I think of his name? He's like Bezos. Jeff. Yes, Jeff yes. Bezos. Like, how many marriages have they gone through? Or how many relationships have they gone through? And it just, for me, you know, one of the biggest turning points, and I know it's something I'll struggle with and maybe work on for the rest of my life. Um, but one of the biggest turning points is at the end of the day, you know, when I do achieve whatever goals I want to achieve, who the hell is going to be right there clapping? Is it going to be maybe a client, you know, but my family's going to be nowhere to be found? Because if that's the case, like, I don't want it. Mm. I don't want it. In the end, I want to make sure that it's my family, you know, and it's my husband there. But how do I create that if I'm so drawn to checking off that box? I really, oh, go Go ahead. ahead. No, I really love how you, how it's like at the end of the day, like the prize, like if you have the prize and you're sitting in your office alone, is it really a prize? Yeah. Then what? Then what, you know, and coming back to the why you said that earlier, right? It's like, why are we doing all of this work? Why are we doing all of this? If we have no one to share it with, um, And, you know, you had mentioned how some clients may come in, couples may come in, maybe they're kind of noticing some disconnect early and then some where it's one foot out, right? Where both sides are one foot out. How could you, people that are in some type of, you know, business owners, right? Because that's who we're we're talking to here, business owners, um, corporate executives, how can they recognize kind of the small issues first before they get to that point to maybe reach out and like ask for help and coaching? And I, and I also want to address, so that's number one, but I also Mm -hmm. want to address like just the term like therapist, right. To go to therapy versus like coaching Coaching. and whatever. Right. Yeah. Because I I, I want to kind of address both of those. Cause I want to give people like some, some insights to maybe like recognize something early. Absolutely. It's it bad. It's like your health. Your body is usually telling yes. you something yes. before you have the heart attack or before you lose the eyesight. Like me, your body is telling you something, but you're not paying attention. So Bingo. how can we help people see early? Maybe their marriage is not on a strong step right now. So a couple of things, and I'll say one statement and then I'll move on to some more examples. The only thing that separates us from a divorced couple and Gottman said this, um, the only thing that separates us from divorced couples is divorced couples forget the value of the marriage. 
And so I want you to think about that. They forget the value of the relationship. And now that you're thinking about that, I want you to think about the last time you went out on a date with your husband that didn't involve work. It was just you and your husband and you you guys were away, you know, on a vacation or you guys were out to dinner. And I want you to think about like, how long ago was that? Was it a month ago, a year ago, two years ago? Do you find yourself coming up with an excuse of, well, wait a minute, you know, what about people who have kids and, you know, wait a minute, I have a really busy schedule and, you know, me and my husband's schedules don't line up. If you're coming up with those excuses right now, because I'm gonna call you out, that's exactly what they are. Mm -hmm. If you're coming up with those excuses, then I'm gonna tell you right now, you are definitely on that path. Another sign is when you are avoiding dates, but the other part is, and I don't want to say this one, but weaponizing sex. There, there it is. When you start keeping score, when you start keeping score, I'll go to the weaponizing sex after. I mean, we're but, there. Just go, I know, Veronica. Right? Like, I, so, like, we're already there. <laughs> so when you start keeping score, when, you know, one example that I wanted to give was, I remember, um, you know, Willie was like, hey, can you go ahead and go ahead, can you go ahead and wash your dish? You know, all the other dishes are washed. Can you wash yours? And I was like, sure. You know, and I ended up doing something else. And he's like, well, are you going to wash your dish? And it's like, yeah. Like, what the hell is this? And he's like, well, you should do it. And I'm like, well, I'm gonna. And I immediately thought, I'm not going to freaking wash this dish. One of the kids will wash it, right? But it was also, Willie was trying to tell me something. He wasn't saying it directly, but he was trying to tell me something. And I ended up asking him, help me understand what washing this dish represents. Mm. And he looked at me and he's like, you're not here. You're not here. You're here physically, but you're not here. And I was just like, oh shit, this has nothing to do with the dish. <laughs> like, yep. but it was him. He was starting to keep score. He was starting to keep score. And it was like, that was definitely a red flag. It's not red flag. Like, oh my God, my marriage is going to end. However, it is definitely a key indicator that resentment is in the relationship. And I'm going to tell you right now, resentment is a silent killer of marriages. It mm -hmm. is. It's the silent killer of marriages. And it was that moment that I realized I need to pay attention to these red flags a little bit more because this is a red flag. Yeah. Another one, we'll, we'll go to the sex one, is, you know, how often are you weaponizing sex? You know, you'll say you'll do it and then you're busy, you're tired. Well, what exactly made you tired? Were you working on your way home? You know, did work never end and now you're in bed? Well, guess what? You took that time away from you, you, because I'm gonna tell you right now, I know you enjoy it, right? But you took that time away from you. You took that moment away from your marriage because of what? Because you wanted to check off a box and you validated your reasons for not having sex because you're tired. But nobody got married to, you know, nobody got married and signed a contract of celibacy, you know, but we find ourselves so overwhelmed, so overwhelmed, so tired, so burnt out with nothing to give to our families. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've definitely been guilty of this. And like I said, I'm a student, I'm a student and I will be a student for the rest of my life. But one thing that probably sets me apart is the fact that for one, that I'm a therapist, but in addition to that, 
I definitely pay attention to these signs. I a thousand percent pay attention to these red flags. It's very, very important to me that I pay attention to them, to them because I know I will never be able to replace, nor do I want to replace my husband. Yeah. You no. Know? And I don't want to go into the collateral damage that happens to our kids. You know, there's, there's no way in hell, because I'm going to tell you right now, even grown ass adults that their parents divorced when they were older. I can't tell you how many times we have clients that come into our office because they struggle with that separation. They struggle with the end. Um, and I'll get to your next question. You had asked about the differences between, you know, um, coming to a therapist versus coming to a coach. Yep. You're going to want to come to a therapist when um, you're, you're going to want to come to a therapist when you are starting to exhibit symptoms of depression. You're starting to exhibit symptoms of anxiety. You're starting to struggle with sleeping. You're starting to maybe even have passive thoughts of suicide. Um, you're, you find that, you know, maybe even your partner is struggling with one of those things or something yeah. else, you know, something else mental health related. But with a therapist, we're going to dive, we're going to take a huge dive, deep dive into your past and how you're recreating patterns. We're going to help you see patterns. And in addition to that, we're going to provide you with skills and tools to not only heal maybe some of your past traumas and past pains, but also help you understand how you're recreating your childhood over and over again. And it's showing up in your marriage mm. where a marriage coach comes in, um, where a marriage coach comes in, we're looking at some of your habits, right? We're looking at some of your behaviors and we're creating goals. We're working through steps. We're teaching you skills, but it's more of what are the habits? What are the patterns? And here are the skills to help. It's more, I mean, they're both goal centered, but it is in the way that we do it. That's different. A coach is obviously not going to go into anxiety or, you know, any form of mental health yeah. for obvious reasons, you know, they're not licensed or they don't have that training, you know? And so it's, it's really helpful if you're able to, you know, dis discern between like, well, which one do I actually need? Um, and which one am I open to? Because, you know, one thing that I realized, and it, it took me a minute to realize, and it was actually because of a business coach that I had, and I shared this with you, mm -hmm. Shelly, you know, yep. she had mentioned, you know, to me, she's like, well, I know if I told my husband, we need to go to marriage therapy, he would automatically think I, I wanted a divorce. Or if I told him we were going to a marriage coach, there would be some form of hope that would, it would feel not so, not so doomsday. Right. Yeah. Um, And so, that's what you want to look for when you decide which, which platform you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's, um, it's really interesting, just kind of obviously words have meanings, right? Coach versus therapist. Um, but just recognizing those signs early are so powerful, um, to really creating that change, Absolutely. not only for yourself, but for your, marriage, right? Mm -hmm. For your Definitely. business, right? Because if there's trouble in the marriage, there's could be trouble in the business too, right? Following it. Oh, a thousand percent. One thing I realized was I was spreading myself so thin. And although in my mind, I'm performing nonstop, the reality of that was I was tired. I was a lot, I was easily irritated. I was easily frustrated. 
you know, mm-hmm. and it just, it just felt like my life, it felt like a job, like yeah. it never turned off Yeah, you know? and being able to then experience like that hug. And I know that sounds simple, but that's exactly what it was. It was that easy. Like being able to experience that embrace from my husband without going, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. This was awesome. Okay. Now I'm going to go ahead and check this email or now I'm going to go ahead and do this thing. Like actually being intentional, which was, Mm. which is essentially the goal, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, one thing I I do just kind of want to talk just real quick about your practice, because, you know, Veronica like shares, she, as you can hear her, like she's sharing real world experience, but she's a business owner of a very successful, thriving practice (laughs) in California. And it's like, she, she's the, she's the gal running the business. Right. (laughs) And she's the one, I mean, I feel like we almost need to have a part two episode because you're the main breadwinner now. Like there's so much that comes with that and high Mm -hmm. achieving women. It it can cause a lot of turmoil in, in a marriage. And, and so, you know, just to kind of tee it up, like, I mean, how many clinicians do you have working with? Right now now? I have six. And you, (laughs) and everybody's got full schedules. So, I mean, there is a huge team behind Veronica. And so being able to manage it. And when she says she's always a student, I love that because you truly are. And and you see it, um, you know, Veronica, I, I do think we'll probably have to have like episode of course. Hell yeah, two we do. Hell yes, we, do. we didn't even get to talk about the event that you just went to. And I know there was some major gold there. Yes. Um, so we'll definitely have to schedule a part two, but, um, what is the best way for someone to follow along with you? Absolutely. So you guys can find me on all social media platforms. My tag name is Hey Veronica Cisneros. Um, you can also go to my website, veronicacisneros.org. And I do have a free guide for your listeners. It is called Five Things Killing Your Marriage. You can find that free guide by going to veronicacisneros.org forward slash guide. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure to tag everything in the notes below guys. She also has, um, her podcast, um, empowered and unapologetic. You are going to make sure that you're going to want to listen into that. And maybe we'll even um, do a little podcast share something like that. All right, Veronica. Well, I mean, I feel like this topic, we kind of got heavy fast. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, we did. (laughs) We got heavy fast. Holy cow. But this is stuff, this is like real world. I don't think we're going to hear this like too often, especially on like a business and like business podcast, but mm-hmm. this is stuff that needs to get talked about because an important part of the business is your marriage, right? Yes. And being yes. able to stay married. Like that's great that the business is successful. If your marriage is failing, it sucks. So um, thank you for t- staying along with us guys. Um, we know this got heavy. Let me know, um, shoot me DMs when you guys come out, if you'd like this one, because we did get heavy fast, but there is so much good behind it. And and that came from this. So thank you so much again, Veronica, for coming on and everybody, um, be sure to tag us, share, and don't forget to give us those five-star reviews on the business of being healthy.